Welcome to the latest episode of the Comedy Road Podcast. You're in for a real treat today. We have comedian Eric Escobar. You can see his latest special on Fuse TV. He's got a TED Talk out, tours the country, and you might have seen him recently on Last Comic Standing. Ow. Yeah, kind of recently. Ten years ago, but recent that was in the credits ago. of Eric Escobar. That, uh, let's just re- can, I re- can I repeat that one more time? No, keep it in. Keep it in. I like That's it. Great. Yeah. This actually, that blends, actually happened a decade ago. This yeah. blends in perfectly to uh, like a, a, a little story I have. Can I start off with a story? Yeah, I have a story. So no. my last comic standing story, I'm not embarrassed of it. I kind of love it, is um, when I was an RA in college, I like a resident who was yeah. like, oh, you like comedy. I like comedy. We should do open mics together. And I was like, yeah, maybe done like one open mic, two open mics. But if you hear any, let's go. He takes me to the last comic standing auditions. Like we oh, get there on Thursday and he's like, we're going to stay till Sunday. Don't get it. We just sleep until Sunday until the audition happens. And I got on the show. I didn't wow. make it. The audition got on. And that was my first TV credit. Oh, I was wow. like 18, 19 that? years old. That's really about- crazy. Mm-hmm. What did you do? You remember anything you said? Yeah, like, I remember. Um, I feel like the, the what is it? The. I feel like I can talk about this. The NDA might have expired. I feel like <laughs> I did jokes about being Filipino Mexican. Uh-huh, yeah, and they're like, yeah, you're not that good. You should go. I'm like, okay, bye. And then like a PA chases after me and he's like, hey, can you actually do more time? I'm like, oh, wait, did they change their minds? What's going on? Yeah. And like, can you do more like Latino material, Filipino material? I'm like, yeah, I got a couple more jokes. I do it. Hey, we don't like you. You know, we maybe next time. <laughs> it's okay. In your head. I leave. In my head, they were like, good job. And I'm like, they hate me. Oh, my God. <laughs> But then um, when I saw the first episode of the season, one of the judges was like, you know what? I hate comics who just talk about their race and they cut to me. <laughs> so oh, they set me wow. up. They were doing like, we're going to do this bit about like racial comedy. Oh, yeah, this guy, he's like third in line. Yeah, have him do more material. And that was uh, oh, that was wow. what happened. But you know what? It jump started a lot more opportunities than I wouldn't have happened. That wouldn't have happened if I didn't have that that early. Yeah. And it's so. great that you talk about that because you are so ambiguous. Like, I'm not really sure. Yeah. Is he Filipino? Is he, is he Latino? Is he, yeah, is he a yeah. drug dealer? He's something. He's something. He's something I thought you were Jewish when I impressed. Oh, thank you. Awesome. <laughs> Shalom. Yeah, uh, Shmuel Schmeckle. That's what the uh, that's podcast. That's why I thought we could yeah. be in the podcast together. That's great. Now I have to go. I'm sorry. I'm no longer. I'm cut out. Can't be here anymore. Uh, so, you started out in comedy. How old were you? When I was so I joined football and I was a big kid and I feel like when you're like a tall person everyone's like oh do you play basketball yes. and you're like forced to. stop exactly yeah, so I was forced to do that with football because I was fat and <laughs> <laughs> I played it typical California story uh, it started raining so football was canceled our practice was canceled so I was waiting for my dad to pick me up and I stumbled upon the improv team oh so you grew up in California in California okay yeah nice so okay. I was like all right let me check this out fell in love with it the next day I quit football joined the Theater. My dad's very proud. Very, very proud. <laughs> He's like, I could have um, had a scholarship, son. Exactly. Yeah. So that kind of just turned into, you know, I liked improv, I liked acting, kind of turned more into comedy, went into college, doing a lot more improv stand-up stuff, uh-huh. and never looked back since then. Very cool. Uh, were you, like, funny as a kid? Did you have a lot of friends that were, yeah, were you the class clown? Like, what got you into comedy? I wouldn't say I was a class clown or funny, but I was definitely weird. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. something was a little, like, different. Um, I think for me, I just didn't really have a strong sense of, like, identity. Because mm. um, being Filipino-Mexican, I feel like I wasn't, like, Filipino enough to hang out with the Filipino kids, but I wasn't, like... 
Mexican enough to hang out with like the Mexican kids. Like I was kind of a loner, kind of weird. I liked music, but I didn't really know where yeah. I fit. I kind of did sports because I thought I had I to. Did, yeah. But when I started comedy, when I started doing improv, I was like, oh, this is what I like. Like this is an aha moment. I'm going to take this and run with it. Nice. Did you continue doing improv when you moved to L? Did you grow up in L.A.? Or? Grew up in L.A. Grew up in L.A. Yeah. Grew up in Gardena, California. Very cool. Gardena. So when you when you got into improv originally, did you ever try out with the Groundlings or anything like that? Or yeah. UCB. Or there UCB. was a wonderful thing. I don't know if it was nationwide, but they definitely had it in Southern California. It was a comedy sports. Which is nationwide, but they had a high school. I heard about comedy in Southern California, and it's great because I feel like, like for instance, um, you might love stand up when you're a kid, Mm -hmm. but you don't know that's anything you can do, or you don't put two and two together, and you're like, oh, this is something that I can go out and be because you don't really know anyone who's doing it, Mm -hmm. and you don't see any other people who are like going for it. Mm -hmm. And improv was really cool because I think it gave a lot of kids sort of like an insight into like. Oh, you like acting? You like improv? You like comedy? Well, here are people who do it. And you can, like, go against each other and have these matches and have all this, like, fun, creative times together. So I was really lucky to have that. And it kind of evolved. I started doing the college team. I did, like, their Monday night team when I became 18. And kind of always just had improv in me. I like improv a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's so funny you're saying that because there's this, we, you're either do improv or you're a stand-up comedian. There's this, like, if you do it, like, ugh. But it's interesting because Lena and I both do have improv backgrounds and then we channel that into stand up. But we've met quite a few people who have started with improv Improv. and then then crossed over to stand up. But they don't do improv anymore. That's just stand up. And that's kind of the same thing that's happened to me. And I think more so for you, too. That's interesting because I thought about it. I I mean, I I still go to UCB and I I did my um, special um, at UCB, so nice. I, I love UCB. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting, like, once, it, there's something about the personal, like, sitting down writing and it's coming from just you and just being on stage by yourself. There's something about that, for me, that just appealed to me more. What was it for you? It's it, it's weird, because I feel like stand-up and improv, it's kind of like being like a harpist, a harper, a yeah, harp yeah. player, <laughs> and like a drummer. You know what I mean? Like, we're both like under the music umbrella, yeah. but these are two very different disciplines. Totally. And I think for me, I like the communal aspect of improv. I like the community. I like having a team. It's almost like being in a band. But at that same token, like, if you're in a band, it's hard to set up a tour. Yeah. If it's just it's you, I can go wherever I want. You know what I mean? I don't have to work. Can we do this show? Are you available? Are you available should we rehearse oh this is just me i can carve out time to do it myself so it's improv is beautiful stand-up is beautiful but they're so different like that community aspect of improv isn't kind of in stand-up that much because it's not like oh we're on this journey together we're going to discover let's get something let's create i'm trying to force that in our (laughs) community let's all be friends stand-up is like show us what you got funny (laughs) man boy lady it's like okay here's my written stuff and i'm presenting it it's more presentational than it is like here we are i think we should just get both groups on the gridiron you know what i mean super bowl halftime show improv versus stand-up comedians and see what happens i would love it i would love i think all the improvisers would hug the comics (laughs) and all the comics would push them away and <laughs> get a cash in their well drink at the bar. Well, the right, comics yeah. would just be like, okay, this is nice. And yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they all start crying. They all start having breakdowns. Like, right. what is this? Right. What's love? Right. Yeah. Then we just have the therapist as the referee, you know, and exactly. it all works out. And the advisory, you can come back for eight weeks for only $400. <laughs> and then the comics are like, yeah, I think we're good. I think we're good. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, I want to touch up on something important that you said about growing up and not seeing someone who looks like you and stuff. Mm-hmm. What were your influences in order for you to have that in your head? Like, oh, this is something I like. Were there anybody, and they don't have to be a person of color or anything, but was there any comics or people in comedy that influenced you or made you say, well, that's something I really want to do? Or Yeah. Uh, number one, I think number one influence, which is weird but completely sincere, <laughs> is uh, my dad. Um, cause he wasn't a, he, oh God, he's really wants to be a funny person and he is, and he is, but he like, I remember whenever we would meet a stranger, someone new, he would tell a joke. He had like three jokes in his arsenal <laughs> and it was one of three jokes. And I loved these jokes and he loved telling them. And when he told them to people, it created such a. It was a common language. You know yeah, what I mean? We yeah. all speak laughter. If you can break down someone's barriers, I don't care if we're politically different, culturally mm-hmm. different, if we're on different sides of religion. Yeah. Like, if we can laugh with each other, we can grab a beer, we can hang out. And seeing my dad do that, I was like, I want to do that. Uh-huh. I want people to feel happy. I want everyone to feel like, like we're like yeah. cool. And then I kind of started discovering... I really, he's older. So a lot of comedy for me growing up was like Laurel and Hardy, Mm -hmm. Buster Keaton, Mm -hmm. like older stuff. It wasn't until high school when I started listening to like Daniel Tosh, Anthony Jeselnik. Rex Navarrete was a huge comic for me coming up because he was Filipino and he did a lot of like the Filipino references and things like that. And I was like, oh, you're like, you're like a family member. Like (laughs) you're doing jokes that people might not understand but i understand it's it beautiful yeah whoa comedy can be more like mm, you yeah. know like yeah you wish it, it includes in there. people so they're in like oh now i'm getting some insight into yeah. a culture i probably would have never exposed myself it's to. like a cool club yeah. you know what i mean like i'm gonna create this club of my jokes where you get this yeah and i i, I loved it i absolutely loved it when i discovered that i was like this feels good that's to like awesome yeah did you have a, a game plan in mind when you set out to go on this journey in comedy <laughs> Um, when I was from about 18 to 22, I had an internship in the music industry, um, or an internship that turned into a part-time job in the music industry. And I was kind of looking at myself at 22, 23 being like, I can do the music industry route or I can do the comedy thing. Um, I feel like this will always be here. I feel like CDs and media (laughs) oh of course it's always going to be around but i was like the music industry will always be there but right now let me take a chance on this and figure it out and if it doesn't work out i'll go back to this right and then eventually i'm like i have to choose like i can't i can't have a backup so i was like i'm doing stand-up let me stick with stand-up comedy let's go for it where did you uh, like, where did you go? Or would, like, when you were first starting out, did you hit up open mics? Did you? How did you break into the circuit? Yeah, Besides the college thing. It was there was a I lived in like kind of a college town in Whittier, okay. so they had like a couple open mics in town. I would do that every once in a while. Um, I was on the improv team in my college, so sometimes we would put together like a stand up show yeah, where we yeah. would all just bomb. It was great. I miss being nineteen. <laughs> um, I think I slowly started kind of just like reaching out to bookers, find out little shows. I took a stand-up class with um, Tom Clark, Mm -hmm. great comic. And some people are anti-classes, some people are pro-classes. I will say I really liked having a couple of jokes, taking the class, then exiting the class mm. knowing I had five. Love Sorry, that. this podcast is over. Uh, anybody right. who takes a stand-up class, no, I'm just <laughs> yeah, you're out. I'm a huge proponent I love class of stand-up for classes. Any yeah. Art yeah. Yeah. That you're doing. I uh, think it's collaborative. You find a more easiness to write and be yours. It's just something so um 
it, it, it lets you be in your body than when you're just going to mics and you're trying to prove yourself or you're trying to say, I'm funny. In class, it's like, oh, I can just play. Yeah. And that's nice. It's I love it. And it's the environment it. that's created for you. So, and yeah. the when I took a stand-up class, I'm forever grateful for that class yeah. because it opened so many doors for me. We had a writer's room, essentially, for three months, and I still talk to those comedians who I, that. I, that, I, that I wrote with. And everyone can kind of look, still looks out for each other, you know? Yeah. So you build that camaraderie. So you did the stand-up class. Did the stand-up class. Liked it. Loved it. Tom's wonderful. He's absolutely incredible. Wonderful comic. Wonderful teacher. After that, I think I just knew I had like that five to seven minute set where I could just start doing stuff. Yeah. Started doing stuff. And it was kind of a weird journey because I think in the beginning you... You don't really know like where to go, what to do. So, you know, you, you go to open mics, you do bringer shows, you know, you, you're like, I have five minutes of comedy. Let me go out to the laugh factory. They'll take me. You know what I mean? Like it's odd trying to figure that out. But in that, I think I kind of found somewhat of a, a community of comics. That was really great. It's yeah. like what you're talking about with that group. Like, Oh, you heard about that show. Okay. I'll do that. Oh, you're going to that mic. Let's go together. So having that community in the beginning was real Real pleasant, real so pleasant important. stuff. It is so like I mean, nobody wants to play with themselves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, depending, uh, depending. Yeah. How much more fun is it? I'm gonna say it again to play yeah. with other people mm -hmm. and stuff. How much more fun is that? Like it's it's like and it does do depends something. Depends where you're playing. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> it gets you out of your head, so your art stretches. Like yeah. you're so it's like an acting where you're just loose, and you you end up finding colors that you probably wouldn't have found if you were sitting there by yourself playing with yourself if i'm Ooh. on a show where oh actually, <laughs> going back to the class thing really quick this is a sex talk actually. Mm, so sex class all right we're all hosting it it's great. Uh, going back to the class thing going back to kind of like improv stuff i think improv is really interesting with the same logic as like stand-up or music or whatever art you have and that like i don't care if you've been in it for 50 years or five mm -hmm. days if you take a level one class anywhere it's wild how much you're gonna like learn from that. Yes. You know what I mean? If not learn, be re-reminded of things. Amen. Shit too. I love taking level one classes and yeah. like yeah. yeah. Yeah, I forgot about zip zab zop. That's the thing. You're the you feel like the shit taking a yeah. level one class. Everyone should take level one classes just for their ego or whatever. Oh, for sure, and, for and sure. It does. Comedians it does. don't have egos. I don't know what you're talking about. No. I, I was running a standard class a while back and it was interesting how how much people came and tried to slide in material like material yeah. they already knew worked i'm like this is so you can yeah, yeah. get more time <laughs> don't just try to look cool because i try to look cool yeah well even in the whole like when you're like have your community it's like a better vibe if yeah. i'm on a show where i know all the comics and all the comics know me and we know they're set it's way better because i can have fun if it's in front of yes. a bunch of people who i don't know i feel like i gotta bring it yeah. and do well yeah. and do my best material because i gotta show these are they never seen me before let me have a good set when it's everyone who i know i'm like i'm gonna try this new poop yeah. bit that's right because that's they've right. never seen it and they've seen all my other stuff let's just get loose have fun and there's something about that energy of like the community energy. knowing yeah. each other having that fan yeah. yeah i love it it does wonders it really does wonders and i'm glad I, I i don't know who set these rules of like oh it's not cool to do that or do this but i'm glad like more comics is even some of the other comics we've talked to they're like oh i did it like this i'm like what everybody yeah. said that's not in the rules and i'm like mm -hmm. who made these rules or these frowns upon i did a club recently and it was so interesting because i feel like 
the guy who now runs the club. I don't know if he's like a comedy guy. And it was interesting how much like casual rules he was taking as hard rules. Like sometimes they'll be like, oh, the early show usually, you know, do a little cleaner. Late show, you can get a little dirty. And he was like, clean show, early show. <laughs> it's gotta be clean. Second show, it's gotta be dirty. And, he's, and he, was it like blue? clean and or is it he just i think he just like heard these like little things uh, like even i think i saw a host do like uh hey guys clap it up for this comic he was great all right you're gonna love this next comic he's wonderful <laughs> blah 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 and then he was like don't do time in the middle of bringing up people oh, i'm like he didn't do time <laughs> he didn't do time but you hear these little like oh yeah keep it short in between and this guy and it's interesting how everyone's either like these are hard the rules rules or they're like yeah, who's just general? Like, well, funny's funny. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's odd how people like. But I've never. Things. I've done like acting. Um, then there's rules to every. Yeah. There's rules to every um art form, right? There's some. They're like that guidelines you, sometimes. They're guidelines. They're guidelines. Yeah. yeah. But mm -hmm. then it's like then you play, and then this is one of the newest art forms. Like comedy is newer than acting, than than the music. Yeah. And so it's like we should be having a lot of fun, guys. Like mm -hmm. this is like should be like throwing shit at the wall and just being like, oh, is that shit on the wall? You know, <laughs> exactly. It should be like that. Like so much fun and just experimental and just. Fuck the rules, you know? It's still, we're still like figuring roles out too in stand up. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, you know, when you went to acting school or took an acting class, you're like, all right, here are like these these guidelines mm -hmm. or rules in theater. What's like, we've, this has been going on for hundreds of years. So face the audience. You know what I mean? Right, Maybe right, don't right. show your back to the yeah, crowd. Yeah, you know, yeah. voice projects, like very simple things, but they are, oh, these are good things. Yeah, with stand-up, it's like, yeah, um, the host should be the least strong or the strongest. Yeah, We're not so sure. <laughs> oh, you're new? You should host, or we should get someone real. We yeah, don't know yet. The host should be the strong, and yeah. some people are like, no, they should just be The future should do between 10 and 40 minutes. I don't know how. Like, Wait, oh, no, that's a very long amount of time. It should be shorter. And that's the thing. you know, It's kind of still like the Wild West yeah, in yeah, a lot of ways. It out. And yeah. when you're coming into this game, People are like, where should I go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What should I do? And you can give somebody advice, hit up the mics and that, but there's no playbook. Yeah. And oh, yeah. you've got to navigate this on your own. Did you ever have reservations about, oh my God, how am I going to tackle this? Where am I going to go? And how am I going to build a career and make money doing this? Um, I think that's always a concern for all of us. Um, I'm a big fan of setting goals. This year I want X, Y, Z. Let me reverse engineer whatever that is and figure that out. You know, back in the day, this year I want to work at this club. All right, what does that club want to see in order to make me look appealing and to book me? All right, if it needs a, if I need a 45-minute video and I don't have that, let me try to get a 45. That's my next goal. So whatever the goal is, I just try to be like, all right, let me just figure out what it is and try to get there. You microdose your goals. Micro, I'm a big fan of microdosing. Um, <laughs> good sound bite. I, I, I love that this is sponsored by uh, psilocybin. Um, <laughs> but I, I love the fact that you said reverse engineer. Yeah. Um, that is a, a really valid point because we look at things from like a very high yeah. level standpoint. Mm -hmm. But if you can find a way from your internal view to like what you just said, reverse engineer the process and, and look for, and break it down. Uh, you're going to be miles ahead, but yeah. no one really can 
was unsure how to do that in the beginning. Because you know? we're told so, to yeah. see the big picture and yeah. to see that goal and dream. I think we're unfortunately very um, trained to also feel like if, you, if you're if you a great comic, if you do really good at stand, if you're really funny, oh, you're going to make it places. <laughs> no, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. You can be the funniest person in the world. If you don't put the right like work in and like do the right things, it's going to be hard to level up. Someone else who may not be as funny or have those skills could be a great marketer, a great networker, know the right people, and they can get miles ahead. So it's not always being the funniest. Exactly. It's like, what's the other background stuff we got to do? Exactly. Sounds like a balance thing that people don't talk about a lot. They're like, just go out there and be funny. Yeah. Get funny fast. But there's also that, like, and that's something, even I've talked to other comedians about, about that, like, networking aspect mm -hmm. and the business aspect of knowing all the stuff or, or the things that you need to do to advance to the next stage. And that's something that, you know, they're just throwing you out there and like, Oh, go see if you can swim. Something you said interesting is you're like, Oh, be funny. And it's almost like be funny is important, but almost like be ready. Yeah. It's almost like the thing. Like if, if someone hits you up and they're like, Oh, we love you. You know what? Let's sign you on. You got to, you got to pitch for a show. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you don't got one, it's like, oh, I wasn't ready for that. Or, yeah. hey, great conversation. We met at a bar. I run a comedy club. You want a headline? If you only got five minutes yeah. or yeah, 10 yeah. minutes, like you just got to be ready for be when ready. that opportunity you gotta be, comes. You got to be ready. Always be ready. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes you are not going to be ready, but that's okay. Do the best you can and hustle yourself to get to that point in that small. We don't always do things that we're ready for, mm -hmm. but if you prepare yourself the much, as much as you can, yeah. you'll be in a much better position than like, I have nothing. Absolutely. Or you're doing the best that you can and you're working towards, like you said, a, a goal and stuff. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, my first 30 minutes was last year yeah. at the beginning of the year. And then I did an hour at the end. And if I hadn't done that 30 minutes, which I was not ready for, I had, I was just starting out really. And I, I, my mom had just died. And so Jeez. I was in a deep depression and I was yeah. just like, ugh. I'm not ready for this, but my manager was like, I want to see what, if you can do it. Yeah. I was like, are you, and I almost threw up. I went to five mics a day mm -hmm. to get 30 minutes that I did not have. And it was one of the craziest, funnest things I've done. And I was like, I can't believe I, I, I you can do it. Even if you're not ready, just keep working at it. And you never know what people, but they do throw things at you. But I want to have, I have a question for you. When your manager or rep said, I want to see you have a 30 minute set by this day or whatever. It puts a fire into your butt yeah. and you're ready for it. Prior to that, were you like, did you have that goal? Or were you just like, ah, oh. because if you don't tell me to write, I'm not going to write. But if you're like, you need this amount of time, this time it's like, all right, let's yeah, get going. I do yeah. good under, you have to know yourself. I do good under pressure. Same, like, same. Put yeah. a, a candle or a, a fire under my ass and I'm going to, I'm going to get that shit done. Mm -hmm. Yep. Same. And way. I didn't know what I was getting to. I didn't know 30 minutes was a big thing. I was like, oh, I get to test myself. Ooh, this might be fun. And then when I got there talking to the headliner, I was like, oh, fuck, I, I just did this. And she was like, I'm proud of you. That yeah. was Good. Hell yeah. I'm proud of you. And I was like, I don't know. Because I told her everything. I was like, oh, I think there's such just a like that too. Yeah, <laughs> it's a beautiful language. Very cute. Yeah, like, yeah. They're like you. Yeah, they're like nailed it. Perfect. Yeah. Like, that's actually the thirty. You? She does it all in that language. <laughs> weird thirty, but I like it. That but I like it. Like, I didn't know. I was like, I didn't know who you are. You're weird, but I like you now. And I was like, oh, that's. that's and you're like, <laughs> you got my next special on HBO. With <laughs> well, like you say, you <laughs> never know, and no one talks about that being yeah. ready. Even if you don't know when that yeah. opportunity is going to come, you never know. You could be sitting here and a, a, 
hour later, someone could call you and be like, I need you to headline for that. You don't know. Something about True. you putting together that 30 that's very powerful is if I were to put together a brand new 30 minutes for myself, it would be extremely difficult. It would be very, very hard. Um, if I were to do it for, okay, <laughs> new thing. Um, <laughs> comedy, <laughs> comedy was my priority for years. It was my number one. It was my priority. It's what I needed to do. After it's you what chose I wanted it over music. After I chose it over music. I was, like, exactly. that was I was like, wow, you had another phase in your life, which was, what just like you said, so different. I was interested in that, how you did such a hard left in the comedy from music. Because people, music, it's like comedy. You love it when you do it. You people get into music to be cool. And then I saw comedy, and I'm like, that's cooler. You know what ladies love? Short form improv. You know what I mean? That's so I'm going to get all my friends. Um, <laughs> all my friends. <laughs> for the, Guys, the ultimate chick magnet tool. Yeah. It's called short form improv. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, baby. You like Drew Carey? Well, I'm yeah. the brown version. Yes, and. <laughs> right. The, uh, the priority of comedy was so big for me for so many years, and it was all I wanted, and it's what drove me. It's what really drove me. Um, a few years back, uh, a few years back, I met my, my partner, my now wife. She's absolutely wonderful. And we got married. We would love to start a family. And um, very much in my life, she is the new priority. She is now my number one. And a lot of comics would be like, oh, comedy's going to be number one. I'm like, no. I, just, I love this woman. You know what I mean? She's everything to me. But it's yeah. interesting. Fuck your wife. Comedy all day. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I don't disagree, but in different sentiment. All right. A different sentiment. We're trying to have a baby. It's a chart. But for us, it was weird because I feel like now I'm more motivated and I've worked harder in comedy than I ever have yeah. over the past couple of years because I'm not doing it for me. Hmm. I have to do as good as I can do so I can make X amount of money so I can pay for our mortgage and our food to support my family. Absolutely. And it's interesting when you have something else that's motivating you or someone else motivating you, it's wild how much more you'll get done wow. than if it's just for you. And it's interesting because I think a lot of comics, you know, it's we're very self. It's a lonely job. It's, yeah. For us, it's like, yeah, but go explore other stuff. You know, if Disneyland is your thing, yeah. if you know, like cheese is your thing, if beer is your thing, if interior decorating is your thing, it's okay if that's a big thing because if that is going to help fuel you and motivate you to do more comedy so you can support that, hell yeah, all for it. Yeah, that's very cool. Were you already touring when you met your partner or? I was, and I would very much want to be out on the road for as long as possible. So if I had a weekend booked in, we kind of talked about this earlier, like a weekend booked in Spokane on the first and second, um, and I have Seattle the next week, I won't go up to Spokane, come back home and go to Seattle before it's like, let me fill all those dates in the middle with Northwest dates. Oh, and I would try to do that for three so weeks, dated. four weeks, six weeks, mm -hmm. be out on the road as long as possible, have no dates empty just go for it now i'm like i want to fly out do my one nighter do my weekend and if i can get a flight back same night or early morning let me come back home That's, there you go so it's an interesting it's weird to have that switch now before yep. i used to always be out now i'm trying to like prioritize home changed yeah it does i mean when you come back after being gone for that long it's different it's a different feel when you're on the road that long and you're coming back home and it's like oh, this is my home this is my place that that calendar i think meant so much to me it like having that calendar hmm. filled and showing people that my calendar was filled was like a weird tangible validation for me where it's like i gotta show people i'm like always out i'm the hmm. best comic i'm working every night now my motivation is like i want to make sure i can do this corporate gig that is gonna suck but 
it's going to pay my rent this month. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> I'll yeah. do as many bad gigs as you want as long as I can, you know, make sure that I'm covered. That's right. Are, are yeah. you booking your stuff or like how are you getting your jobs and stuff and how are you, because that's another question we get, like how are comics getting into the clubs? Or for into, sure. So how, how has that process been for you? So I've been pretty much more or less self-booking the whole time. Um, I've been doing comedy last year, the year before last. I got a college agent mm-hmm. and I did one of those NACA APCA oh, ones. Oh, yeah, NACA. Yeah. Oh, it was weird. I, I wouldn't say it was bad. It was weird. I'm very grateful for it. Can you go on to that for people who probably haven't, don't know about what that yeah. is? For so NACA, I believe, is the National Association of Campus Activities. APCA is another abbreviation for something. But they do <laughs> these really cool like regional conferences where um, you will go to, let's just say, NACA Northwest or APCA Northeast. And all the oh, schools in that region will come to one like super weekend of shows. Where it's like, hey, we're going to have, you know, shows from noon to 10 p.m. And it's going to be here's this is an hour block of clean comedy. This is an hour block of poetry. This is an hour block of music or whatever it is. And you go, you do your 10 minutes for 50 schools. If they like you, they will sign you on the spot. If they kind of like you, they're like, maybe, maybe you can just get each other's contact information and be like, what's up? And you will see people walk out of these NACA things with five figures, six figures wow. worth of their year because they just signed so many schools. Oh, they signed you right, right there. On the right there and then. So you know your money before. Like, you yeah. know what you're already, wow. And you could even be like, let's just say you're an East Coaster. You could be like, hey, well, UCLA wants me and USC wants me. If y'all can book me on closer dates, that'd be great. Oh, so wow. I'll give you like a better rate. Because now I'm not flying back and flying out. I'm, like, here at the same time. I think it's brilliant. I like how they do it. I think the pandemic really shuffled stuff up. But it's a great way to kind of just get your name out there. But I was going to say, the scary thing is you can book all this work. Or you can pay your entrance fee, fire yourself out there, have an okay set. And they could not vibe with you. Yeah. And get zero I mean, bookings. But you know, but you, you have the experience. And you gotta we take those chances though. Yeah, right. it's it's a gamble. That's why I look You've at it. It's a dice roll. I've only done one. Yeah. I've done colleges. So there's two ways to book yourself at colleges. One is through like the school. Mm-hmm. I used to book myself through colleges through like the clubs or like the drama department. Oh, that's so you would call like, directly. I'll call directly. Oh. That I feel like was easier to get booked for when I did it like my way but the money was way less because you're not working with the school's budget you're working with the drama department budget mm-hmm. you're working oh, with yeah. the athletic department to budget you're working with the improv team's budget these are way more profitable but you might have a little more like restrictions on you because right. now I mean, you're comedy. a representative yeah, yeah. of the school okay. you know what i yeah. mean the school is paying you to this you are kind of one of them you know what i mean when did you actually start hitting the road as a comic into in your career I would say I was 23 or 24. I started when I was 18. I was probably 23 or 24 when I went out of town for the first time. And I think I'm pretty sure I did a, I just did like a guest set at a club who would have me. And I was like, that's cool. If you could kind of MC me, that'd be sweet. That turned into MC gig. That turned into a feature gig, yada, yada, yada. Um, And then I had some family in Seattle that I would visit maybe once a year or so. So when I would visit them, I would try to be like, oh, if there's an open mic in town, let me see that. Uh, And through doing those things, you more or less just start meeting people. You know what I mean? You meet the host who's running the mic. You meet the person headlining the club or whatever. You become Facebook friends, Instagram friends. You follow each other on that Snapchat or whatever the kids (laughs) do. And those relationships just build over time. And you start seeing like... 15 years in, I have a buddy who I may have met 
12 years ago at an open mic, we did our own thing, but now they're on the road doing a bunch of cool stuff, yeah. producing shows. I'm on the road doing a couple of shows. Great. Let's work together Let's again. Work together. I yeah. loved when we grabbed that one beer 10 years ago. Yeah. You, know you just mean? never know where your, your, your paths will cross and how it's going to connect the dots. Yeah. How's your family? How's yeah. your dog? Dead? More dead? Oh, I'm sorry. It's been a while. But you know what? I'm glad we're <laughs> yeah. hanging out here in the middle of... Montgomery, you know what I mean? Yeah, in the middle of Tim Block too, right now. Exactly. With the booking agent though, like, are you finding it? Could you? Are you like, I could have leave or take it, or is it really helping with um, the booking? There's there's a lot of different types of of booking for us. You know, you have your clubs, Mm -hmm. you have your bar shows, you have cruises, you have colleges, you have corporates. The college market, in terms of how they're booking it through the school and with the NACA with the APCA, is something I'm not very familiar with. Mm -hmm. So. It's almost like I want to be with you because you know how to do that. I don't know how to do that. Mm -hmm. I would love to learn with you. Maybe one day book some stuff for myself in that way. But I like having a rep who's doing something that I don't know how to do. If I already know how to do it, I'd rather just, let me take, don't take my 15%, my 10%. If you can do something that I can't do, hey, please, thank you. Take my money. Okay. And yeah. with your booking through clubs, you're just cold emailing. Are you, are they relationships or are you just sending your video fillers or whatever out there if so the first of the month unless it's a weekend i try not to make it a friday saturday sunday um the first or second or third of the month i try to send out all my avails to Mm. every club in my roster that i'm not currently booked with um for the next like six months or whatever um, avails just for people who are listening yeah so your avails are basically like hey i'm available this weekend this weekend this weekend this weekend i would love to headline if those are free oh so the clubs won't just to specify so the clubs want the comics to send their vels if they're in town or something for that weekend. And that's what you do at the beginning of the month. So the beginning of the month, I'll, I'll kind of do it for the year. Hmm. So I'll be like, um, cause a lot of clubs will book. It used to be like six months out. I feel like it's closer to like nine to 12 months out mm-hmm. for a lot of these places. It'll be like, um, first of the month uh, hey comedy fun time comedy club just want to follow up i'm currently available all of may uh november and the last two weeks of december here's my links here's my clips here's my apk um let me know if we can work something out that'd be great wow do you ever use instagram to send uh, a booking inquiry i'll do instagram booking inquiries for like local shows bar shows if it's clubby i kind of go through the email mm-hmm. um if i'm Doing a Friday, Saturday somewhere, and I'm trying to get a Thursday show or a Sunday show because I'm in town. Yeah. If it's a bar show, a smaller venue, I think Instagram's the better way because yeah, I'll check quick. it better. Yeah, yeah. But clubs, I feel like, get weird about it. I feel like they feel like you're spamming them if you social media hit them up. Like, I like to email. But then right. again, they don't check their emails. So none yeah. of us can win. It's great. <laughs> it's great. It's just one of those things. You're the, yeah. um, you've gone the most in-depth about how you have uh, spaced out in... Um, attack attack this i'm gonna Mm -hmm. say attack the way you've actually put it out and like what you do the strategy that you use and that's and you know every excuse holidays birthdays if you see if you are friends with a club owner on facebook don't wish them happy birthday on their timeline email them saw it was your birthday just wanted to say happy birthday by the way would love to see you again here's some avails for the next couple months um and i would even do it the day before because everyone's hitting them up on their birthday everyone's hitting up on their anniversary everyone's hitting up on christmas thanksgiving hey i I know you're going to get a ton. You got a ton of messages coming at you tomorrow for your birthday. I just wanted to say, hey, what's up? Hope you're doing well. Here's, exactly. my, here's my new tape. You know what I mean? Do you put an EPK together? And- I put an EPK together. So my email is like, um, hey, person who I'm going to beg for a spot for. 
I don't know how these club owners are Italian. It's very odd. Mafia is really creeped into the comedy scene. It's their last bastion of illegal. They've got their stronghold now on the on on the clubs. It's an all cash business. You can't sell me for merch. That's all cash. Don't get lost. That's it. That's it, Johnny, in the back. Yes. Johnny's a great feature. Don't make fun of him. He's wonderful. I feel like I usually hit him up like, hey, here's a you know. I would love to work with your club again, or I would love to work with your club. Yeah. Um, happy birthday. Happy anniversary. Saw you guys just redid the sign. Looks great. Something personable. Oh, you yeah. know, don't just be a robot. Um, here are my avails. <laughs> and then um, I will then list off kind of like some credits. I'll be like, credits include this, this, and this. Okay. And then I'll say kind of the big things I did in the last six months and the things I have coming up in the next six months. Oh. I think clubs nice. love to look. They, they love the look that you're working. They love to see that you're working. Not you're just like, oh, I do this, you know, once a year. So if they know, oh, he did or she did that club, that club, that club, that club over the last few months. And, oh, they got this theater, this theater, this club, this thing coming up. It's more appealing. Yeah. So you have my last six, my next six. Um, more information below. If you need anything else, let me know. Name, number. And then the next part is a short bio, kind of like an intro. Like, hey, you've seen yeah. him on blah, blah, blah. A long bio, I do a short clip and I put the minutes so they know they're not clicking on an hour. Like, oh, that's a three minute clip. Right. So I'll do like a three minute clip. I'll do like a 20 minute clip. I'll do my full special. And then I'll do a Google Drive link that has everything that they need so they don't have to ask me for anything. So all, that's smart. All your materials. Yeah. So all time, my so. photos, all my videos, you got pictures of me on stage. You got people with me off stage. You got stuff for corporate. You got more loose stuff. Um, I have a I have an acting resume on there and a comedy resume and an EPK on there. Yeah. And I randomly threw like an academic resume. <laughs> if I'm going to be like, hey, club, I would love to host a stand up workshop or an improv workshop while in town. It's everything. You shoot your shot. And I, there's something about much. it that I'm loving. Like, yeah. I want that. Because if it, if it takes them a fraction more effort to be like, oh, yeah, what's that clip? Or do you have a picture? They don't want to take wanna, that. Yeah. So here's everything. But you, you know what it. that showcases? That showcases that you put you putting your all into yeah. your reach out mm-hmm. is that you're going to put your all into your performance. And, when you show yeah. up. and mm-hmm. I think that resonates with, with, with what you just said. I mean, if I receive something like that, I'll be like, damn. And this, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And this guy is easy to work with. And I'm not like he's not going to be a problem, which I think there's a issue with like with comics. They probably yeah. think. There's going to be some problems. And you got it a thousand percent right. It's not about like the funny or like, can you make it out or the pay? It's about, are you easy Easy to work with? Your professionalism. uh, Every time I, when I land or when I drive into a town for a club, the first thing I do is I call the club or I call the booker and just be like, Hey, I'm in town. Just checked in the hotel. Just so they know. Or else, you know, if it's, 729 they're gonna be like well he has is he in town has he checked in yet just let him know hey i'm here looking forward to the club what they give you as soon as you i think i think you need to teach the business side of comedy i do i do a stand-up comedy class and we do one where it's like we're not gonna learn anything about joke structure Mm -hmm. callbacks crowd work no we're just gonna learn the subtleties you know what i mean stuff like when you have a mic stand in front of you, take it out of the way. You know what yeah. I mean? How many people like leave the mic stand in front of it them and they're like dancing around it? All the time. And it's just like, it's not like a comedy thing or like a be funnier thing, but it's just like, here's your just, here's just stuff to know. Yeah. Yep. Say thank you to the booker. There's energy when you move them. There's something about the energy of it opens you I'm up. Here. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like, I'm going to command the stage. This is my time. Thank you for coming. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's a, yeah. That's. 
I can teach you to be the best comic. I can teach you to be the funniest person that you can capably and teach all the techniques <laughs> that you can be. that you can be. But I, but that's not going to take you anywhere if you don't know how to email a club, if you don't know how to write to a booker. Like, exactly. I'm all about like here are the things that will save you five years uh, in your 15 year journey. You right. know what I mean? Like, you that's my thing. People are going to buy like just. Um, entrepreneur what behind the scenes of like how to get yourself out there maybe yeah. something like that I don't know Name. It's interesting. We, I, I feel like I typically will offer like a workshop like that, like mm -hmm. a how to get booked on the road workshop or something like that. When I go to clubs or from doing stuff like, Hey, would you guys be interested in this? A lot of improv clubs likes it. Not the improv, oh, but like, like it. Okay. improv. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting because the people who sign up tend to be, be the people who are the newest mm -hmm. and the people who could get this information and go on the road and stuff. They're like, Oh, I don't need to know. Need, yeah. I'm, I'm headlining my local club and <laughs> I'm going to make it. That's like, a, that might be a little bit of an ego thing. Yeah, it's like, yeah, you're yeah. the one who you're the one who could make double your yeah. income next year yeah. but if all right no I i'm gonna love teach help me said. help you yeah, yeah mm -hmm. so. have you seen a correlation between like when you get students who are new and they're like um they are excited about learning those aspects have, have what have you seen in that like are are they getting out there more like what is it the business side is i think like or the the back side is the back side <laughs> the back end <laughs> the back end of it all I think is super intimidating to all of us yes. so I think when you're new it's like here's this information but I always offer because I typically do a three week class which mm -hmm. is a little shorter um, I'll be like we'll do, we'll do a three week class but if you want to do a 30 minute zoom or a 30 minute whatever at any point you can cash it in if you take the class mm -hmm. and I'm usually like just save it. Like, you know how to write jokes. You got your five minutes. You know what's up. In a year, if you want to start booking more or, you know, in a couple of years, if you're like, I would like to work the road more. Yeah. Eric said I could hit him up. Hey, doors open. Let's do a quick Zoom. You already got the class. And let me just yeah. break down almost what I said before in a more, yeah. like, specific way for you and where you want to go. So you kind of have, have an alumni system that you've kind of worked out a little bit. More or less. It's more like if, if I taught you something and you don't understand or it's not clear, that's on me. So if you need to clarify it, here's like a, here's an opportunity to where we can like dig deeper into those things. So I wanted to touch on, um, this a little bit because you're, you're mentioning that you have this class that you teach. Mm -hmm. Do you have side hustles that you do in addition to teaching or did you have side hustles that you had to help you bring an in income while you were building your comedy career? Yeah. And um, is the comedy, the only income that you have now currently it is. Currently, comedy is the only income I have now, but comedy is general because mm -hmm. I'll do like an acting thing or I'll do, you know, like I'll teach a stand up class. Like, I feel like when I say comedy is like my full time gig, people are like, oh, he makes all his money from just clubs. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think anybody can make yeah. their money off just, I'm trying to sell all the merch I can. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so a lot of side hustles are necessary. Um, the thing that I typically do now is I will do improv workshops, stand-up workshops. If I'm in a big town or a big city with a local college, I'll hit up their improv team and I'll be like, hey, do you guys want an improv workshop? Um, if the club has some type of community that might be interested in like a how to get booked class, something like that, I'll offer that. Um, I'll even hit up high schools and I'll be like, oh, does your theater department want like a, I can just teach your block. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can I get a couple hundred bucks for that? That'd be great. So I'll do a lot of that. Um, I also used to, uh, <laughs> I used to sell a lot of just like random weird merch, but I would try to find like weird <laughs> merch that's unique to the town. So I'm like, go out and be like, oh, like they like, I don't spinners. know. <laughs> spinners out here. Like throwing a bunch of, and I'll just like have that throughout my day. So I try to like 
put your face on them. Figure out like weird merch that I can do in the town that's fun. Wasn't that costly for you to like go to each place and they have different? It kinds is, of but they but they're like, oh, you respect us, so we'll do and it. People love buying stuff. Oh yeah, I like yeah. you could sell a pencil with your name. And I think people just want they like you. They want to invest in you. two inch by two inch stickers, baby. That's the <laughs> uh, that or two and a half inch by two and a half inch. I can fold that over a lighter. I have lighters of two and a half inch. It goes on a condom. Condoms are two and a half inch. So you can go to a Planned Parenthood in town, get all your stickers and just pop, 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 throw them. Yeah. Sell the condoms for five bucks a pop. Pure profit. Some guys, pure profit. Some guys like just puts a condom on it. Eric Escobar on his dick. It's great. Like literally. I, I supported the cause. I'm going to rock it now. All right? yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm very curious about the percentage of times you do get a response back. Because I think a lot of people don't do. They're afraid of the no's. Oh, for the emails? Yeah. like yeah. And a lot of people are afraid of the rejection and the no's. Can you talk to us about that? And like, What's the percentage of times that you actually, does it surprise you? or? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say, let's say it's a note. Between 80 and 100 emails a month. Jeez. Wow. I'm probably, and a lot of, I would say the majority of those are follow-ups. You know what I mean? A lot of them are cold calls, but these are like, there are some clubs that I've literally like emailed once a month for five, six, seven, eight years. And they're finally like, oh yeah, finally saw your email. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And they finally get around to you and it's like, it's just the backup or it's just like, what? Do I just booked a club. Oh my God, I've probably been emailing since like 2016. Wow. Wow. And they just got back. But a lot of these clubs, and we'll go back to the whole like yeah, out no, here, no, but no, like no. a lot of these clubs too, um, there was a booker who was booking in Chicago and then she started booking a big club in Vegas. And I was like, I kind of knew her when she was in Chicago. Let me see if I can like shoot my shot for Vegas. Emailed a bunch of times, didn't get anything. Talked to another comic who knew her. And I was like, hey, what's, what's like the in? Like, how can I just, how can she see my email? And he told me that she told him she gets upward of a thousand submissions a Jesus. day. I believe a thousand submissions a day. They're not looking at their email. They are looking. And if yours pops up at the right time, has the right header, maybe has something, maybe has like a credit on it they're into, they might click. But a, Wait, thousand... a credit in the head, like what's the email that's like pops up? Uh, uh, like you put it in the subject? Yeah. So I'll do like um Eric Escobar comedy avails like what's the thing? Not the thing, but it's like the what's the straight <laughs> the little, one up uh, and down? Not the slash. Oh, oh, oh. the straight one. The straight one. No, no, um, line vertical line. <laughs> Eric Escobar. <laughs> How many comments does it take to learn what a vertical this thing? Line? I didn't da, major da, in English. Da, 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 yeah. <laughs> so it'll be like this thing um, or Eric Escobar avails. Eric Escobar headliner avails. So I will say like what I'm going for because that'll change. I'll be like Eric Escobar feature avails. Eric Escobar MC avails. Uh -huh. Eric Escobar guest head avails. So Eric Escobar headline avails solid line <laughs> and then um if i'm looking for a specific date i'll put that date in there so if i'm going to be in town and i really want to work april 19 i'll put april 19 okay if not i'll just if it's general i'll leave it off right and then after the thing i'll put like credits so i'll put like eric for headline avails last comic standing fuse tv oh. ted talk in the subject smart. in the Very subject smart. and smart. i'll um i'll try to capitalize the credits just so they pop out harder because oh. you're just looking at words. You know what I mean? If you vaguely just see TED Talk, maybe you'll click. Yeah, you won't see. that. Like, Did you teach yourself all this, by the way? Or did, were you just from trial and error of, like, or did you learn this from another? Trial and error. I also feel like comics, we shouldn't be, like, gatekeepers of, like, what works for you works for me, what works for me, what works for you. I think we should talk about pay. Okay. You know what I mean? I but really believe, you're, like, you're, hey, if you're, you're, you're in the minority amount, with that, unfortunately. I know. Yeah. I've said unionize. <laughs> 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 we're going to unionize and every club's going to be like, 
we're just gonna go non-union. <laughs> we're just gonna go. No <laughs> one's gonna get paid. Yeah. <laughs> we want to get at least four dollars for a show. I pay you four dollars to be. But I got a nickel uh, for five minutes. Wow. <laughs> wow, that's a good rate. Oh Please my god. Food. No, I'm yeah. I met a comic once who was doing all the same rooms I was doing in like the eighties and nineties, and he put down how much he was getting paid in his calendar. Same rates, if not more. Literally, rates have gone down. Like he would oh, have yeah. headlined this one nighter for a hundred bucks back in the day. I'm still making a hundred bucks thirty years later. Yeah, why it's is wild. that? People do it for free. Well, pe- people, people do it for people free. People want the exposure, and just so competitive, such a saturated industry now that yeah, uh, yeah it's fun. Do you think that hurts comedy? That like, how do you think that hurts? Does it hurt? Um, this industry when we can't seem to, um, I don't know, figure out a way to pay artists for the, cause it hurt the, cause I, it does hurt the artists. I've talked to comedians who've had to stop really funny comedians who had to stop because they weren't making, but it's, it's kind of like what you're saying though. There, you need to go out there and find the money and, and, and work for it. But it is so hard. Like you are gaining, you know, you're gaining momentum and stuff and you're getting out there, but it is a hard thing to navigate and find mm-hmm. the information and stuff. So do you think it hurts the industry with it? I think it, I think it's a, it's a tough line because I, I do feel like all my, all my comics who I book on a show personally should be getting something, even if it's like five bucks for gas money. Like mm-hmm. you should, I feel like everyone should be getting something if they are doing their craft and presenting their jokes and working. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, before, back in the day, you would audition at a club, headliners would watch, and they'd be like, oh, she's really funny, or that guy is really good, let me get him a feature set, let me take him on the robe, show him the ropes, tell you the playbook, tell you the pamphlet, show you what's up. Oh, wow, they, get, that was a thing. Yeah, there was a lot of mentorship back in the day, oh. like, come on the road with me, yeah, like, yeah, let's like, look at the week. store, like, mm-hmm. look at all the, the paid regulars back in the day, it was a fraternity, sorority kind of feel. Yeah, uh, and once you kind of graduated from that mentorship... You had something to work with and you're a comic and you should be getting paid Mm -hmm. because we don't have anything like that as much anymore. There's a lot of people who not not to their own fault, don't know what they're doing. Yeah, they've done a bunch of open mics, but no one's ever told them take the mic. You know what I mean? No one's ever told them don't wear a torch on stage. No one's ever told them, you know, <laughs> don't be super fucking dirty. You know what I mean? They I mean, just don't know. You do have a, it was the congressman Fetterman. He oh, yeah, <laughs> if he's doing it, we all can wear shorts. We're all allowed yeah. to wear the shorts. Yeah. Let's normalize it. But because of that, I think so many comics who, I think every comic should be getting paid if you are performing on a show where someone is making money. If someone is making money and you are doing your thing and you are not making so money. Someone's always making money though. Something's wrong. Because yeah. why is the producer getting all the money? Why is this person getting all the money? Like everyone should get a little bit of love, but we're at a place now where not everyone is at a point where they're ready Mm. to make money because no one's like, no one's vetted. You could do one open mic and be like, well, why aren't I getting paid? And it's like, well, you don't know. Oh, you're saying so people should get used to like doing, I guess, what what is it called when you're doing, you're putting in the hours and then once they go to that next level, that's when they should be getting paid for or what i feel if money is being if if an audience is paying money to watch a show and you're booked on the show you should get something you should get something for it but i do feel like we're in a place right now where there's a big range of comics some are very new Mm -hmm. some have been here for a while and if you're new i think you know like just figure out how to do the basic stuff and do that Mm -hmm. before you start doing those paid spots because now you're working people are paying to see you 
they deserve, that audience deserves to see like a, a professional set. Yeah. So it's tough because should these people getting paid? If they're doing a show, yes, but they shouldn't be doing a show if they're not ready. You're saying. Okay. So it's like that weird catch it's 22. True. I mean, yeah. we know we, as comics, majority of us know that shows in LA, majority of the time aren't going to pay. Yeah. Uh, but when you get outside of LA, that is where the, you know, the opportunity lies for you to make some cash. Yeah. So did you coming up that you have a realization like this is not going to be sustainable here in Los Angeles for me to make money. I got to get on the road. And where was that pivot for you? Um, for me, I think I wanted to make it profitable. I think I really just wanted to have, there was a comic when well, Tom Clark, when I first started out, he would go on the road a lot and he was kind of like the first like stand up person I've ever met when I was young. So I kind of looked at his career as like, Oh, that's what being a comic is. So I was like, Oh, you got to go on the road. That's just what you got to do. Mm-hmm. So I kind of framed what I was doing in the beginning after that. Um, I had a lot of friends who did the comedy store thing or who hung out in LA and did the LA thing. And I feel like, especially the group I started with, I feel like did a lot of that. And I feel like 10 years later, we're all at the same level. Like we're kind of, we're, we're performing in a lot of the same mm-hmm. rooms. We're getting a lot of the same gigs. We're getting a lot of the same industry jobs, but I went out and did the road and kind of figured out that way. You hung out every night at the store right. or at the factory and you figure out that way. We're at this, we're basically the same place. Do you do more of this stuff than I do? Yeah. Do I have more of this stuff than you do? Yeah. But it's almost like we all just kind of pick that direction, but I think it's ultimately going to, put us in the same general area you're saying whatever works for you basically it's what's gonna work for you and you found that going on the road is what worked for you it helped you know it helped you hone in on this that and that and that's yeah how things came to it for you the road for me was very fun i feel like it was very fun i was younger i was like drinking more and i was like party i was single i was like ah i feel like when i was in la i didn't i love la i'm born and raised la it's amazing but when it came to comedy um, it was it was tougher hanging out at clubs for five hours, Training. six hours a night drinking. <laughs> I can't afford that. I didn't have any money when I was coming. I can't afford to pay for parking. I can't afford to like buy a $13 PBR. Right, so right. that aspect of it, I'm a little awkward. So yeah, like yeah. hanging out with some <laughs> friends is great. But like just like sitting there like oh, hi, <laughs> other me. comedians. Oh, yeah, okay. Hello, Bill Burr, yeah. Jerry Seinfeld. I, like it just it, it made me feel it didn't make me feel great yeah. and going on the road made me feel very excited. That's it was informative very cool. years for you. It sounds like, and that's what informed, you know, your comedy and where you wanted to go. And it seems like that put the ball into motion of how you were going to do your journey. And it's, it's a good thing. You, you saw what other people were doing, but you were like, uh, no, that not for me. Yeah. I, I got to do it my way. And that, well, and also when you're when you're starting out and you see what other people are doing, you, I remember doing a lot of like bringer shows in the beginning and see people getting burnt out and be like, oh, I ran out of friends. I can't do this. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> your your worth is now just the bodies you bring. Right. doesn't care about like, oh, the it doesn't, doesn't matter about your last time. what you can bring. breaks yeah. your heart. Oh, it does. <laughs> when you go on the road, it's like, I can't bring anyone. Yeah. I'm from L.A. and I'm in the middle of Oregon. I'm in the middle of New Hampshire. You just want me to be funny? This is cool. cool. I flew here. I'm getting a free sandwich tonight and a hotel room. Oh man, like that just it just got me. It just it was a it was a more thrilling feel. Yeah, because yeah. it, it felt right. like you're I was you're dating for bodies to bring. To yeah, the, that, it devalued me as a comic. Yeah, you know bring, what I mean? bring, bringers wow. will definitely devalue your your worth for a minute and then bruise your ego a little bit. A, but it's it's a good. 
yeah. experience to go through. Yeah. And actually, you know, you should always look at things as, in my opinion, as bringers because mm-hmm. you have to market yourself. Yeah. You've got to put yourself out That's there. All. At every show, and, yeah. And, and and when you're on the road, you've got to, like, those clubs are relying on your name to bring people. And your marketing has to have uh, an aspect of it where it's like, oh, that guy's Put fun to watch, put butts in the yeah. seats, you know? I found, which is really interesting, I think the majority of my social media following has been gained from, like, going on the road. Like, I have my little QR code when I go oh, yeah. out, you know what I mean, stuff like that. And I feel like when I had not a lot of followers and I was out here doing my thing, everyone was like, oh, whatever. But I weirdly went out, got a following, wow. and I came back. Yeah. And people are like, oh! Yeah, you don't say Eric. And I'm like, but what does that mean? People in Ohio and Maine, they're not going to come out to see me out here. But it's almost like sometimes the presentation Mm. of being a bigger name is almost more powerful than being able to bring in 50 people, (laughs) which I'm like, this... It's, it's such a insane. weird such game. A weird thing. It's yeah. insane. Like they don't tell you to do like I didn't know about doing credits when they like like bring you up or whatever. And I yeah, was yeah. like I was like that feels weird to me. Mm-hmm. To me that feels weird and like the last host was like you and she was just she was a comedian who's been doing it for she goes you need to do your credits and yeah. it makes the show even different like you can mm-hmm. get away with anything you have one credit they yeah. like they're like I'm like oh you're big time everyone in here must be here for her changes. for her yeah, yeah. Like, like, Lena would, i would always tell like, Lena, like she would always not even a big credit it's like yeah. Yeah. you go out there and you're like i don't want to say what i do who like, i'm like yeah you do it like, say it <laughs> yeah and it's like you don't know those things like, it's it's fascinating that clubs i think a lot of the logic now for not clubs and like a lot of venues in general they're like we need a headliner with big credits because people are going to be like i'm walking by look at that he was on fuse tv i watch fuse tv i'm going to give my money to this show and i'm like one i don't think anyone's walking by anywhere all right you are going to the thing and then you're going back no one's just casually doing it but now i'm like there could be someone to bring everyone in the crowd i didn't bring anyone but your logic is because they saw me i'm like i don't know if it really translates like that track it but i don't either but it's interesting that that is like the big marketing push like we need people who've been on things where other people have been like oh yeah i've seen that let's go i'm like it's it's odd that's not even a job like that's not even our job like the the what to be a comedian that's not even our job to make sure we're presenting credits and stuff but now it is Mm -hmm. and we have to be aware of that as a filipino american um i was i was rooting for filipino (laughs) american (laughs) representation I am really proud we got some Filipino American representation yeah. on the Golden Globe stage. Um, it's a really tough gig. Yeah. And uh, we were kind of saying earlier, like all the hosts kind of get smashed and kind of yeah. like, oh. So, um, yeah, it's kind of annoying. But, like, I don't know. I remember Dat Fan yeah. from Last Comic yeah. Standing. Dat Fan won, but he like would repeat a lot of the same jokes a lot. It's because he only had like. 15 minutes or whatever, so it's a like over thing. But when he won, he wouldn't not say no to winning last comic standing just because he didn't have the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's like the Joe Coy thing. It's like, you're not going to not say no to doing the Golden Globes. Even if you have 10 days, you might not do the greatest you want to do. Right. Like, yeah. all of us want to do it. Hey, you, you got it. Yeah, your opportunity. Good for you. Yeah. Like you're in front of actors and they're just standing there like, make us laugh. We've had a hard year. Yeah, <laughs> no one would say no for that. Too. Yeah. It's a, 
It's a great gig. Good <laughs> for you. This is right off of a, a strike too. Like, yeah. so you can't forget. Like, there's a lot of Listen, tension. And I I give that guy mad props. Yeah. That guy has made it to the top, oh, and he 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 got this opportunity and. That's a, that audience is going to be one of the more serious audiences you're ever going to face in your life. Like so, kudos, man. That's kudos all I to say. him. I will yeah. say, great haircut. The guy's a great. Haircut. I'm a big fan. Y'all look alike. Of the style. Same, same barber. Yeah. Same yeah. kuya. Same tito. With your hat off, you look yeah. alike. <laughs> Thank you. So we we got one more very important question for you. Yes, uh, Eric. What is your favorite ice cream? Ooh, I can't really do dairy because um, when I do, my stomach goes boop, 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 and then my closer is an opener. Um, I'm uh, when I was doing dairy, I'm a big fan of not necessarily uh, the cookies and cream, not necessarily the thin or not the mint chip. I like a mint and cookie. People love a mint. People love yeah, mint. like a mint base with a cookie mixed in. That'd be great. I'm also a big fan of like savory stuff. So if you can get something that's a little more like fruity, I don't know, like almost like a like pistachio is fun. Okay, you know what I mean. It's not as like sharp. It's a little more like ooh there you subtle. Go. Anything nutty. There you go. Who knew comics were so specific about their oh, ice yeah. cream? Yeah, I mean, people yeah. have gotten really. Do, do you do the non dairy thing? Yeah. I do. It's not as fun, yeah. but I do. If you I had like to go for sorbet. a non-dairy, would it be sorbet? Yeah. Ooh, I would say a good non-dairy would be. Ooh, have you guys? I started saying. Have you guys ever had Lilikoy? Mm-hmm. No. You know Lilikoy is. Do tell. Um, Lilikoy is a flavor, and passion orange guava is a flavor. Wow. There's this brand called Hawaiian Sun. They do these like Hawaiian juices. Oh yeah. Lilikoy is like a young passion fruit. Passion orange guava is pog. Anything like that. Like very tropically, you know, like vacationy flavors. I'm like, like a vacation right now. Yeah, if it like might have a little like pineapple that comes with the ice cream, you oh, know yeah. what I mean? Like mm, a good Dole Whip. I'll take a Dole Whip. Oh. Already, it was, if it wasn't for this podcast, I would have. One of our guests loved the Dole Whip, and I heard, heard about it. Yeah, and, yeah. and then I've been asking around. And I heard it is. Fucking amazing. We live pretty close to Disneyland, so sometimes I'm very spoiled. I will get a reservation, (laughs) walk on over. I won't go on any rides unless I write first. There you go. We didn't talk about this, but he's a Disney adult. I like it. I love it. Follow me online. Well, don't. You'll get very scared. With that being said, they have a new Dole Whip-like spot called the Tropical Hideaway with vegan non-dairy Dole Whip. Mm. So sometimes I'll go and I'll write jokes and have a dole whip and ride a ride walk back home i live a great life we should have a comic like field trip day where we all try different types of non-dairy and regular ice cream yeah so i feel like a comic a comic disney trip is like all right we're all gonna do drugs first (laughs) we're gonna do a ton of drugs Who's and then the we're going to go right. Yeah. And then we're going to hold an open mic inside of the Jungle Crew. Just the 10 of us. No one's going to like oh, that's it. so fun. And maybe we'll ride a ride. All right, we have to do that. We yeah. have to do that. That sounds amazing. What's, so what's, what's, ne- what's next for you? <laughs> Cut. What? You say that, yeah. What's next for you? Like? What's next for me, Eric Escobar? Well, you can check out my Instagram. That's at Eric Escobar. Eric with a K. E-S-C-O-V-A-R. You can catch all my upcoming shows where I'll be on the road. Some fun stuff. Um, I have some really fun exciting things coming out this year uh some stuff i can't talk about one stuff i can talk about is um i have a special that Woo! i'm releasing pretty soon awesome. which is very fun called yeah. mexipino noir and we mentioned earlier but on fuse tv they released the fresh faces of comedy which yeah. i'm on um which yeah, i released well. last year Woo! so Check very exciting stuff i love it eric Esquire, thanks so much for being on the comedy Root podcast we had a great time thank you <laughs> ibs <laughs> <laughs>